This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hi, Jim. Hello, Brian. Good to see you again. Thank you, too. We're going to jump right into topic in just a moment. But if you have not gone to, to iTunes and written a review for our podcast, would you go do that? It helps us to just get feedback and to grow and, and, and hear your thoughts and suggestions. Uh, also, you can go to practicalshepherding.com, and we have all kinds of resources available to you there. Uh, and everything is free there. So please go there and, and use whatever would be helpful to you. And you can contact us even through that contact page uh, to let us know if there's a way we could serve you in the future. And we'd be happy to try and do that. Jim, we want to jump right into topic as we customarily try to do. And that this is a topic we really haven't we really haven't talked about before on a podcast, I don't think. But it's something that I think is important, especially in regard to preaching, uh, public preaching. And that is the use of humor in a sermon and in a pastor's mm. life in general. Now, mm. uh, we should. Uh, so, I, I first want to say that this, for me, this will be an important conversation because just so you all know, Jim's been a good friend of mine for a long, long time. But one of the things I love about just hanging out with Jim is, is I find Jim very funny. Uh, we laugh a lot. We have we have a good time together. And that, that, matter of fact, it's one of the things that made us start doing this podcast together. We were sitting around at a coffee shop, and we were laughing one minute and crying the next. And we thought, should we record this? Would this be helpful? Talk about ministry in these ways. And so uh, that that's an interesting, you know, way that that things really developed with the podcast. But you know, Jim, the, we all appreciate humor in the pulpit in different ways. But I think. There's a there's a time it's used well and it's really helpful, I think. And then there's plenty of times it's not helpful. It's not used well. It's awkward. It's even offending offending people and yeah, so excessive. So, right. so this is something that I think is important for us to talk before we jump into the logistics of it though. I don't know thoughts on on just biblically how to think through this topic. I do think Brian there are things that we need to think about and I don't want to misuse this text, you know, but there's a text that that says, you know, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets and part of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. So, you know, that there's a, whatever your personality is, there are some men who are really grim. I mean, there would never, ever, ever, I mean, it would be very unintentional for them to to say something that was, that was humorous uh, in the pulpit. pulpit. Yeah. Or in life in general, you know, it'd be very, very rare that they would, uh, and you know, I, I come from a, a tradition that loves the Puritans, and you, you look at yep. the Puritan paintings and things that you know, none of them look like they're happy people. No, they, they, they don't. You know, they don't. the old joke about you know, baptized in lemon juice, or they, <laughs> I've thought in the past they look like you know, they were the, you know, whoever did the portrait, you know, sit on this broken glass. And I'm going to, you know, so they look like they're constipated or they, and they probably were, and they had hemorrhoids. All that things. may be true, though. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, they, they're, so, you know, there is Ecclesiastes talks about, you know, there's, there's a time for different things. There's a, there's a time to laugh. There's a time to cry. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to dance. You know, there's, there is a time for everything and every purpose under heaven. There, there, there is a part of this that is our humanity. It's, it's who we are. It's how we're put together. Some of us have an ability. We just see things a certain way. Uh, we find humor in things. Even sometimes in, during sad times, you're able to find something humorous. 
But when you ask the question about ministry, I think that, that ministry itself should be marked by a climate of reverence and seriousness. That's, mm-hmm. that's clear from yeah. you know, the Word of God. So um, Titus is told in Titus uh, chapter 2, and all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works and doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, and then... In describing his practical ministry, you have things like speak these things, exhort, rebuke with all authority, let no one despise you. And then you have Paul's you know, words uh, to Timothy and 2 Timothy, uh, where he talks about uh, there, the uh, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, Preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with long suffering and doctrine, etc. So, and even the I, well, let me finish my thought there. So, the idea that ministry would be marked by that which is light or frothy or frivolous uh, is is in some ways a contradiction to our, our our calling. And so, but then you ask yourself the question: Is there ever a time? Uh, where in in the in in the seeking to convey that message that uh, something humorous may may come out, should you squelch that? Should you not? You, you may be aware of the that uh, Spurgeon, and I believe this is not apocryphal. That Spurgeon uh, was given over at times to he would say things, that, and, and the congregation would laugh. And he was rebuked at one time uh, by that, and and his comment was, "If you had any idea how much I don't say, right, yeah. you know, you'd commend me rather than condemn me." Kind yep. of thing, you know. That it's true that things come out. Um, I, I I don't know what it is about me, Brian. The way I'm put together, I don't know if there's something about my face or something or my tone, and I don't know if it's that sometimes the. The, so much of the ministry is weighty that when there's almost like a relief, of, you know, a relief of tension. Yeah. But I find people laugh more than what I think they they should sometimes, and I, I like I'm not that funny, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not. And there's times I, you know, I I'm out of the pulpit. You talking about when I, you're preaching or when I'm you're like about when I'm preaching? Yeah. I'm talking about in preaching and yeah. conversation. And there, obviously, sometimes it can be misused. It can be excessive. I have certain times where. <laughs> I'm excessively silly. I, I realize, and you and you and I, you've been there for that. We love you. We love, uh, um, love you, Jim. And I, I and honestly, I believe there's a part of that that's a ministry to people. I'm not one of these like, uh, you know, I'm not one of these clowns that's sad on the inside. I'm often very happy, and I'm glad to make other people happy. And I realize yeah. that humor can be a means of encouraging and buoying people up. They feel better after they've laughed. Um, there's a reason why you know you might sit and listen to a. Uh, watch a, a funny, uh, you know, a clean comedian, and 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 really feel refreshed and rejuvenated afterward. But the question comes about what about ministry, and if the if the mark of our ministry is is showing reverence, and if the whole idea of you know we're an ambassador, uh, the the kerooks and the keregma and this kind of the, that that those Greek words that convey preaching and teaching with authority, you want people to take you seriously. And I've said often, Brian, we are serious men. We ought to be. When we're in the pulpit, serious men conveying a serious message, weighty things, eternal things. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about the glory of God. But is there in the midst of that ever um, a time when in your own humanity, uh, 
that that humor comes out. Is that ever okay? Do you ever do you ever feel uncomfortable? You, know, you mentioned that Martin, you feel uncomfortable when somebody's doing it. What makes you feel uncomfortable? What makes you think okay that was okay that was natural maybe even that was helpful? But before we go there, I think we need to at least acknowledge something that's obvious to most people. But to your point, especially talking about the Puritans and those you know the jokes around that, laughter is really good for the soul. As the Bible says that. As a human being, let's just say, laughter is a good thing. And any of us who've experienced it, there's something, just think in your, in regard, even take the spiritual component out of it, that in our humanity, laughter, there's a release. I think it's one of the things that can manifest joy in our Mm -hmm. lives. Like, let's just acknowledge that, okay? We can, we can, we can shift through, you know, how to use humor in the pulpit, but let's at least, can we all be in agreement that laughter in general is a good thing? Uh, yeah. With the exception of a few just really, really serious, dreary people who don't know how to laugh and have fun, <laughs> that most people would acknowledge that laughter is good for us. And in fact, I think, you know, I have actually given this counsel to pastors like, go watch a funny movie you love. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you need right now. Just right. go and. No, you're like, right. You need something to. You need something to offset the, this consuming, just serious right, thing. Right. You, you are so grim right I, now. I was, right. you know, I was watching a, you know, I, I, I was sitting by myself, turned Netflix on, watched a, a stand-up comedian I love, and I just, I just laughed, and it felt good. So, yeah. like, let's let's acknowledge that laughter is good for the soul. Yeah. So, having said that, if it if there's a lot of goodness wrapped up in layers of it around laughter and using humor and something that's funny around that. Then that I think is is the lens to help us see and understand how is humor helpful in in preaching, because we don't want to just I think think about it abstractly. We want to acknowledge humor actually can be a really good thing in a lot of ways. In fact, one of the examples I'm thinking about is when I I mean I spent a lot of years listening to John Piper preach and mm-hmm. very impacted by his his, his preaching in, in early in my in, in my ministry. And one of the things that's amazing about Piper is he's funny at times, but you talk to anybody who knows him, like he is not at all trying to be funny. Like he he will be yeah, funny. It's accidental, and it is totally accidental, and it's part of what makes it so charming, I think, and <laughs> and funny, right? right? Versus the guy that comes up and starts with a knock knock joke as his introduction into the story. Right? Yeah. Know, so so that's an interesting. Even when you said that, so let me, I'm going to play off that for a minute. What do you think? What do you think about should we plan? What do you think about planned humor versus more natural or spontaneous? A spontaneous remark, which may get a laugh. Maybe you're, you're trying, but you're trying to be ironic, or you're trying to make a point. You're using hyperbole, or you're trying to be gripping in a way, you know, help people to understand something. Versus the guy who, who feels like I have to start off with a joke. What do, what do you think about guys like that? What do you think about where where because. I think go ahead. I think I'll, I'll make to, a comment. I think we have to think of this a couple of categories around humor in the pulpit. Number one is timing, because you could say something funny, but if it's not at the right time, <laughs> it's going to land differently. Yeah. So timing's one thing. I think giftedness matters. Like to force humor, and you're just not a funny person, <laughs> is probably a bad idea. And we've all experienced that. Like so, part of this is yeah. kind of knowing your own gifts. And so, you know, again, you, I think you're funny, Jim. You know you're funny. Other people have said that. That doesn't mean you use it well all the time. Like it's like you have to you have to know the timing of what you're doing. This and giftedness, and then the third thing I think is just is kind of uh, just the natural side of of it showing up. Mm. So 
having said that, then I think to plan it out in a sermon, I think is really risky. Uh, I think you, what I, what I would tend to do, and I mean, I would be aware that this might land funny with, you know, this might land right. with people in a light right, right, way, right, right, right. in a helpful way. But I, I, I just stayed away from ever planning something like the expectation is people are going to like really find this funny, or I'm, I'm planting, I'm going to say something in my sermon that is is something I, I, I you know I'm, I'm using it in this way I want to make it land in a in a funny or humorous way I just think that's risky what I found is helpful is this is why you got to kind of know yourself do you have a gift for this and what is it what is it like so uh, you know if you have a dry humor and people know that about you and it kind of shows up in subtle ways in your sermon I I actually think that can be a really helpful communicate you know way to communicate it's almost like if people have attached that to you as an individual in your personality it's part of them feeling like they're hearing from your pastor in a way when you when you had the same kind of humor sitting in their living room and then they hear it in the pulpit so i think timing and giftedness is a big part of assessing how to how to use it but if you if you plan like a a joke. A lot of times, it doesn't. It doesn't land like you're hoping. Yeah, it does. And, and and I think again that that kind of a, a the question of what is my chief identity here? I'm a spokesman for the king, but I am who I am. And this is this is you know some of this is for some men it'd be very unnatural. For some men, they feel a pressure because there's whole schools of thought with this. I mean, there are places where yeah, you're going right. to get trained that this is. This is actually it's part of your study. So you're not just studying like clarity and you know a form and structure. You're not just studying good proper hermeneutics and homiletics. That this is actually part and parcel. In fact, years ago when I was uh, early on uh, training for ministry, I met a man who was a uh, he had been a missionary and he was very popular on the evangelical circuit. And he told he told cannibal jokes. He had a lot of he had a lot of cannibal jokes. Was Those like, go over well. Yeah, go well, over apparently, well. apparently they did. You know, so um, you know, you heard about the charismatic cannibal who got sick. They threw up his hands. You know, that so, goes anyway, over, so you're saying that goes over well in a certain. Yeah, you know that. Kind of, but anyway, I was I I, 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 I knew this guy's nephew. Uh, this guy's nephew was actually my college roommate for a time. And I, because he was well known and, and all of this, I, I had an opportunity to talk with him at one point. And I said, you know, there, you know I, want, I want to preach the word. And I said, is there any, any, anything you can tell me as a preacher? And he, and he told me, you know, you need to develop your own jokes. This was his first line of counsel. <laughs> you develop your own jokes. He said, jokes. like, I do my, you know, so mine are like, you know, I do my cannibal jokes. You know, I'm like, and I thought, uh, no, no, I don't want that to be, I don't want that to be what I'm known for. Right, right. And part of this, I'd wanted to talk about this anyway, I'd had down, down in notes, but I, I found yesterday when I was preaching, I had I had a visitor say to me, they're coming up, oh, I really loved that sermon, it was so good, and she said, oh, and you're so funny. And I thought, uh, is that which is that the feedback you want? That's not sermon? the feedback I want. Even if you were funny, is yeah. That even really and what I you thought, and I thought, wow, I didn't, I didn't intend. And I thought, wow, was I? And I thought, you know, was there? There were a couple of off the cuff remarks, and I thought, you know, and I am reminded, and I did think about Spurge, and I thought, well, there are other things I, I was going to say, and I didn't. But there are times I think to myself, okay, is this? Why am I doing this? Is this? Is this? Because really, what you want in preach, you want to be helpful. You you want to, you want if, if if this is helpful in a sense, and that this is it's it's it. The point of it, it's not even if they're laughing. Because sometimes in laughter, you realize because you're laughing at yourself or you're laughing at your absurdity, 
or you're laughing at you know how you would uh, yeah it's almost out of conviction it's like yeah yeah uh, I've done that you yeah. know I, I've 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 done that with my wife I've done that with my kids you know and and, you're, and so you're you're doing it in a way that maybe is helpful or it it brings about conviction in a way that's ultimately helpful. Uh, rather than again, just humor for humor's sake. Well, let's let's go there. What what are the benefits of humor in the pulpit? So I'll I'll, I'll go first. It creates so for those of us who do take preaching seriously and want to be taken seriously, knowing we have a serious task before us. Yeah. I believe humor, well used humor in the pulpit, creates kind of a lighter breathing moment for the, for the listener. So I remember in my early years, I was trained. Don't use personal illustrations. Don't use humor. I just preach the word, and I went into uh, and I went into my first few years of the church, like uh, just following that rule. And I had somebody, a friend of mine, confront me on it. It's just like, why, why is everything on serious all the time? And I'm like, I want to make sure people know what I'm doing, you know, serious. And right. his his response to me changed uh, everything for me. He said, he said, Brian, I don't think anybody needs to, to is concerned that you're not going to be serious about what you're doing. Like mm. give us some breathing moments in the mm. sermon. And that set me on a trajectory. It took me years to learn how, but I w- that's the first thing I would say. Humor, well-used humor can create a, a breathing moment yeah. for what you want to be a, a serious overall experience of hearing the word preached. So another mm. benefit of humor, Jim. Yeah, I, I think if it's, I, I believe that illustrations, analogies, yeah. you know, whatever is helpful, stickable, whatever opens a thing up. And, and if that has the ability to open and expand the mind a little bit, and what you don't want to get into, and this is a, the problem sometimes with preaching, like with illustrations, you know, people say, well, they remember the illustration, but they forget the point. You don't want to do that. I mean, you don't. You don't want like your illustration to be so incredible that all people ever talk about is the illustration. But if that illustration is 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 helpful in maintaining really what you were getting at, or again, and I think as you said, you know, it breaks the tension. You see filmmakers do that a lot. Uh, so movies that are very tense, like thrillers or yep. or a film that may be very tense, just that the, that little quiet moment that you know where you're. You, you, you're you're allowed again and you, where you, you have that break but again it's 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 not to distract it's to actually help and enhance so as a I agree with you so as a pa- pastor is preparing a sermon and I remember doing I remember doing this myself and I would this is what I would commend in light of what you said that obviously a lot of times the humor shows up in the in an illustration mm-hmm. that's being used you know pick an illustration because it works well to make the point. Right. And if it happens to be funny too, great. Where I think we get into trouble is we pick an illustration because it's funny. We think right. it's going to be funny, right, right, and right. we force it into the sermon. Right. To to so I would just encourage. I think that's where humor ends up showing up really well. Is when what I get annoyed when I hear humor in the pulpit. I'm just go here. Is when someone used tried to use humor for the sake of just using humor. It right. didn't have a point in the sermon. Right. But someone who is like carefully crafts and winsomely puts humor in uh it, because an illustra- a well-chosen illustration happens to be funny too. That's where it's really effective if you ask me. Yeah. And uh, this is maybe one of my pet peeves. I'd say, you know, that that there and maybe this is changing, but so I 
I, I, I came into the Christian faith in 1977. So 1977 to 1990, this kind of thing. I was in what, well, not, uh, to, no, it's 1977-1986. I was in what some Reformed folks would call broad evangelicalism. A- and I was around a lot of the more popular speakers and whatnot. And and, and so often I saw these, these guys begin a sermon with humor or long story that had nothing to do what was being, you know, it was their way to introduce themselves. Yeah. And I thought, you know, the, scripturally speaking, that's not how we introduce, it just isn't, you know, that, you know, we, we should let the authority of the word, our integrity, our, you know, and even matters of reverence. You, so you, you don't want to be irreverent. You, you, you don't want to be blasphemous right. in anything. I think there are jokes about the Bible sometimes that really, uh, they get real, real close now, telling jokes about the character of God, mm, no, you know, uh, no joke, you know, Jesus on the cross. That's an example this. of bad humor. Like, yeah, those bad, are poor choices. Right, humor, right, poor, yeah. poor choices. So I think we have to say, you, you like with everything, let everything be done on edification. That's, that's a broad, you know, principle there. Is this helping or hurting? Is this distract? So the question I had asked yesterday is when somebody said that to me, a visitor said, Man, that was really, you know, you're, you're really funny. And I thought, I, I, well, I did think that's not how I want to be known. I don't, you know, I think it was Tozer said, you can't be both a prophet and a clown, you know, that kind of a thing. And I don't, I certainly, <laughs> I'd rather be the prophet. I mean, I'd rather never, ever crack a smile in the pulpit and have people feel the weight of eternity. But we also are, we are our own individuals. And, and like old, you know, Jack Spratt could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean. You know, there, there are guys that are different, and God uses different kinds of yep. people. And, and God can use a Spurgeon who had a twinkle in his eye when he said certain things, and then maybe again a, a, a Lloyd Jones. I don't know that I, I, I haven't listened to enough of Lloyd Jones. I yeah. don't get a lot of uh, he hilarity. Was, he was known as pretty, yeah, pretty serious. Yeah, so. and, and you know, who he was not biographical. He would not talk about right, himself. Right. He wouldn't talk about how cute his grandkids are or something like that. And some men don't do that. For me, hey, you know, uh, I somebody said the other day, all right, you get three. No, you know, but I said you get. I get three illustrations a month to, to use my granddaughter. <laughs> choose well and choose, choose well. well. You know, just uh, don't just don't get excessive. Don't distract. Just saying, yeah. you don't you don't want to distract from the weightiness uh, uh, and the importance of. But you can convey your joy, and sometimes that joy of what you're preaching can be conveyed through. Humor. Two two final words on this for me, and that's uh, be careful on how you use sarcasm in the mm. pulpit. So I I love I love certain kinds of sarcasm, and I find <clears throat> that's kind of how I show up in in in, in humor and uh, well used sarcasm is really funny to me, but it can come off really mean in the mm-hmm. in the pulpit. So you got to be right. really careful uh, uh, how you use sarcasm and and almost be overly sensitive. To using it because in one-on-one conversation you can kind of feel out whether somebody's with you or not on on in relating to you in in some kind of right. humorous way. Yeah. But if, when you're publicly preaching to people, you don't know how every person's taking. You just got to be really careful yeah. with that. The second thing I would say is be very cautious to use humor at someone else's expense mm. in the church. So you know, I mean, the the if you you know if you tell if you would ever tell an, a story illustration that made people laugh at somebody else in the church. Right. And if you ever, I would discourage that generally, but if you ever do that, 
go and talk to them. You know, like get their permission first. <laughs> like that would that. I mean, one of the worst. Sister, scenari- I wanted to tell a fat <laughs> joke. Do you mind if I use you right. as an illustration? Well, or and, you know, you tell us a funny story about your kids and don't ask their permission, which you should do anyways. <laughs> but if you do it. And it, and it's something that actually maybe is embarrassing to them, right? Because you thought it was silly and fun. Like you just got to be sensitive to how you sh- how it affects other people and yeah. what and how you're. No, I appreciate that. So That's any good. any final word, Jim, on this for you? Yeah, you know, it, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And, and I think that includes the submission of our humor. If God has put you together in a way that this is the way you think and this is the way you 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 know you you're able to convey truth and 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 not over or not overwhelm that truth by by what's funny or or not take away from the main point of what you're trying to make which is almost always going to again it's going to drive us to the eternal it's going to drive us to the personal work of Christ casting off of ourselves and and, and the hope of the gospel mm. that's ultimately a joyful message you know so one of the things that you know we we are we are the conveyors of good news we we're not grim men we're we we may be serious men on a serious mission with a message that is to be taken with with deadly earnestness, you know, mm-hmm. believe this or, or perish. But we are conveying a message of gr- of good tidings of great joy, yep. and that too ought to be conveyed that that sense of joy, which will occasionally erupt itself in laughter. So, uh, you know, in the world to come, there will be no more tears. It doesn't no. say there'll be no more laughter. Yeah, that's uh, true. And and there will be at that right hand there is joy. Uh, forevermore. So that, that's we are heading to a place of of unspeakable joy. Last thing I want to say is this. Be yourself in the pulpit, whatever that means, whether it's how serious you are or how much you how much humor you show. Be yourself. If you try to be somebody you're not from a humor standpoint, it, everybody in the congregation will see it and it will not look authentic at all. So be careful that you're just, you be yourself in the pulpit regardless of what it is. Yeah. So, Jim, will you pray for uh, for pastors in this way? Yeah. Our Father, we thank you for uh, those times of, of really of great joy that you bring to us and maybe the opportunity we have through uh, these means to lighten somebody's load, to, to help them in, in, in sharing a burden or even for a time putting away sorrowful thoughts. Father, it is our desire that we would preach the Word of God purely. It's our desire that, that sinners and saints would be affected by by what we say. We don't want to get in the way of that, uh, but Father, we also pray that where we can enhance that through the who you have made us, you are conveying this truth through us. And So Father, help us to understand and to apply. Uh, for some, Father, we pray that maybe you, you would fill us with, with more joy that would work itself out in the occasional a bout of laughter uh, for others, Lord, where we may need to repent of a frivolity that has uh, covered a, a, an eternal message. Lord, help us to be wise. We want to be pleasing in your sight and do good to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.